Alright guys, what's going on? It's me, Tony the Kid, and welcome to Chilling with the Rejects. I do have Director RJ on the line. We have a special guest, of course, Alex, the one, brother from another mother, uh, joining us with this show today, of course. Now, we are missing our two members, Zach the Mac and SG3. They'll be joining us some other time. They're not too cool like us to be doing this uh, episode today. So, I'm going to send the floor to Alex. i say what's up to the fans. Hey, how's everybody going? What's going on? How are you guys doing? How are you guys holding up on this COVID? <laughs> so far, so good. So far, so good. You know, no, no, nothing big major, nothing like that. So, hopefully everything stays that way. Now, Alex, before we jump to the show, since you are, this isn't really like your first time being with us on The Guest. Of course, you've been here multiple times. But uh, going off on you, yourself, and your career at the moment right now, what has this COVID been like as being a barber? Because you are my barber, of course. And if you guys know on the line, uh, he is a barber for sure. Got not his own shop just yet. I know he's working towards that. That is his main goal. But how's it been? You know what I mean? Like, how's this whole path of being a barber and working in COVID kind of been helpful? Um, It kind of delayed some stuff for me. Uh, uh, I did project to try to open up my own spot in 2020, but uh, due to the shutdowns, I had to delay, delay that stuff, but it actually took me towards a different path. Um, uh, focus on other things. Um, as far as business-wise, it did kind of hurt a little bit the business side as, uh, of it, but um, helped reevaluate a lot of things in that business side of things. Yeah. Um, it showed how a lot of people really do care about their cuts and how much a difference a haircut does do for a person for their sanity. Because a lot of my clients were hitting me up, hey, bro, you cutting yet? You cutting yet? Right. And me personally, I was trying to take my precautions with it as much as possible. And being a father of two, yeah. so I have two little ones. Um, being more cautious for my old, eldest son and my wife, uh, which both have asthma. Yeah. But at that time, it was roughly new. All the information that was being put out there was still not 100% sure of exactly um, how it would affect individuals. So I try to take as much precaution as possible. Good. I didn't work for a while. I think I almost three months I didn't cut hair so it kind of hindered me a little bit uh I lost a little practice just had to get all everything all the little dust off of my skills back up <laughs> after those three months and right. just speed up everything it was nothing to do as far as quality it was more as speed and any uh, as for anything it was just getting back to that speed that I used to have. Um, but yeah, it did affect a lot. Um, at that, at that moment when we actually in Illinois went to quarantine, mm -hmm. I was making a transition to a new shop, but had to hold on that transition because of the shutdown. So I ended up, uh, not starting until, um, the quarantine was lifted mm -hmm. and, uh, Unfortunately, the other shop that I was at, um, they did stay open for a little bit, but unfortunately, everything, all the expenses and all that stuff 
they ended up closing that a couple months later, unfortunately for them. Right, right. So it did affect a lot of businesses, and that's one of the reasons why I held back from making my move in that department. And to this uh, to this period, I'm still kind of waiting until a lot of things clear up because there's still a lot of uncertainty because mm-hmm. of like different variants of the COVID coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've gathered a lot of information about it is for younger people, it's not a big thing to worry about. And yeah, it's not too serious, but for the more elderly and um, and people with compromised immune system is very mm-hmm. uh, frightening. Uh, there's a possibility, a uh, high chance of them um, either getting sick really bad True. to long-term health problems or right. even that. And that's that's why I take it a little bit more seriously because uh, I have a couple of family members that do have health problems or are elderly. So I just try to be careful for them. Like, Much possible. It's not really for me. It's more for them. And... Yeah, and that's one of the biggest things I see a lot of people argue, like the whole mask thing is um, it's not really, it's not to protect you, it's more to protect people around you mm-hmm. than anything. And a lot of people get that confused. And then it's like, oh, I'm not gonna, like, that's not really going to do much for me. And it's not really for you to not get sick, it's right. more for you not getting other people sick. Exactly. And being more like unselfish because like a lot of people choose to be very selfish and like oh no I don't, i'm not gonna wear a mask but <laughs> like bro just think of all, all the other people not right. yourself right agreed that's yeah. how i perceive things on that agreed but well definitely as far as barber skills you got you got talent i can tell you that right now or else i'll be looking for another barber tell you that right now uh so i'm gonna say keep up the good work being the barber for facts and I know for I know for my experience, I know you get that goal for a fact. I know what I mean. You 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 definitely reach your goals as much as you put your time into it. So eventually they'll come, and I think it's going to be bittersweet than anything when it when that time comes for you. So we'll get. I know for a fact, it's a path that you're you're taking, and with this whole COVID and stuff like that, I hope. You know, it's it looks like it's getting lenient a little bit and helping a lot of businesses get more more you know more better. I think it's uh, it's on the right track at the moment right now. I think we're just kind of, you know, like you said, there's a lot of different stuff to kind of look about with, with these new variables and stuff like that as uh, COVID. But um, hopefully we can kind of get this, you know, well well immune from everybody and kind of be okay since it's been with us for, what, almost two years now or a year, give or take. So hopefully it, it'll keep going. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. So on to the actual specific of the show today, uh, we are going to be celebrating Ninja Turtles Part 2, of course, 30-year anniversary. Now, it was released back in March 22nd of 1991, but uh, due to our schedule issues, we kind of waited out a little bit and started doing the show at the moment now. But we wanted to celebrate it because we need to give it some recognition. It is deserves. So speaking of Ninja Turtles Part 2, now, remembering the movie... I'll go with director RJ on this one first. Who stood out most in the film to you, you think? The sequel? 
Correct. I like to go with at least two um, two characters that stood out to me. One was uh, that one guy, I forgot his name, but he played, uh, ter- like, I think he was one of the stuntmen in the original, and now he's like a, one of the big actors in this one. Uh-huh. Kino? And, huh? You said Kino? You're talking about Kino, right? The little short Asian guy? Yeah. Yeah, Kino. Yeah. Right, right, right. There you go. Okay. And the other one, I feel like Raphael always stands out in every movie he's in. Like, they focus too much on rap. Yeah, I can see that. You know, the story the storyline kind of revolves around him be, just because he likes to get in trouble the most. He, since he's the arrogant one, you know. He kind of puts himself out there a little bit more than the other, the other three. So it's like, uh, you know, he's the one that really focuses on, on that trouble standard of what's going on with the Turtles. Just because he wants to get things done. So, so yeah, I agree. I go with that. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Who stood out with you the most in that film of part two? Um, the one that stood out mostly for me was, uh, of course, Kino, and like Johnny said, uh, Raph. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, they have a little bit more, uh, involvement into the story and how it unravels through the movie. Yeah. Good. Good. Same thing. Now, as far as myself, I'm going to actually go with Don. I'm going to go different on this one, you guys. I'm going to go Donatello on this one, just because I think. Since he was really, when he was learning about this whole ooze thing and stuff like that, it being the more focal point about what's going on with this this ooze and the secret of it, uh, you can kind of tell he wanted the meaning of the turtles themselves to be more different than it, what the backstory was. Like, oh, it was just an accident, and that's all it was. He wanted a reason why they were they were pretty much mutated and stuff like that, or why you know it was them four to be picked out. Why why them four? There should have been a bigger meaning behind it. That's, I think, what his his thing was. So you kind of got a feeling to that, a little deep into that, which they, you know, they played a little bit. What's in that show? So I I'll give you guys that one. Um, now the what? What makes this film different from the first film, Alex? Uh, even though the first one came out in March thirtieth, nineteen ninety, what made it a little bit different compared to the very first one that came out? Um, for me, it, the difference was. Uh, no Casey Jones. Mm-hmm. There, that was one of the things that was missing. Um, not too much of fight scenes with the weapons. Ah, like facts. Like uh, it was more of hand-to-hand combat, and I don't know. I I kind of missed that from the first one. The first one was a little bit more. Uh, straightforward to like how the comic was a little bit more of mm-hmm. but um yeah this one more it was it felt like more toned down got you got you what about you uh director rj what made it a little different i just agree with that i think the weapons um they're not really utilizing it as much as they did in the first film and Knowing that it's a big uh, thing that the turtles are known for are the weapons. I wish that they would have had uh, more use of them in that in this film. Um, the change of April, I feel like the new April didn't feel right with the original. You know? Yeah. Um, Casey missing in the film. Uh, other than that, the other thing I feel like it was different, but seemed like the fair uh, film to watch was when they had. Uh, 
the re replacement of Bebop and Rocksteady, uh, Tokar and Radar, or something like that. Razor, yeah, Tokar, Tokar and Razor. Razor. Yeah. So those, okay, so, those would be your your main things, your main difference. Yeah, that'd be my main uh, change that I saw in the film. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I'll jump in on that one with you guys. I would agree. Uh, definitely, for sure, the weapons is a big vertical point. Uh, and I'll give you guys one thing. The nunchuck scene with Michelangelo in the first film, I think, was really the highlight in that film when he did the nunchucks. You know what I mean? Especially when he hugged around like a little helicopter. It kind of gave it that, uh, you know, comedy standard of it. Been telling them, like, yeah, we're we're better than you, regardless of what you think you guys are. Uh, the Tokar Razor thing was one big aspect of it, but, you know, I guess it made it different. The main thing I would want to say it made it more different was the fact that it was more of a comedic side of it. It was more brighter, uh, color in this one. It wasn't too dark compared to the first one. It wasn't as serious. Um, and the fact that, yes, with the whole April thing and, uh, Casey Jones being a little, their chemistry was missing from this one, which I think of all, we all know turtles wise, they're a, you know, they're the plus to the Turtles. You know, they're they're like the co-stars. So for them not having a relationship there in this one kind of changes the game a little bit. Um, now, as far as when it first came out, did it live up to the expectations, I guess you would say, back then when you first saw it? Was it really as cool as you thought it was now that you kind of seen it? Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. Um, well, as like... The thing with those movies is they don't tend to age very well. <laughs> the thing that I still love about it is what they did with the turtles. Is like it, to me, it's still a freaking awesome. Like they kind of look like the cartoons, and like uh, they did a really good job. Like with their everything as far as that. Um, other than that, uh, how we have been accustomed to movies and everything like that. True. It's kind of a little corny, and like compared to it, when you first watched it as a little kid, you're like, "Hell yeah, this shit's awesome!" Right, right, like, freaking amazing! Like, you're hyped, you're geeked out, <laughs> and just like now, now you rewatch and you're like, "Ah, oh, damn, yeah, this was kind of a little corny, kind of <laughs> cheesy," and like, uh, "Oh man." Uh, the acting kind of sucks. And then like, <laughs> uh, me personally, um, I view a lot of things uh, as far as video editing. Um, yeah. I actually went to school after high school to college for multimedia. Right. And a lot of it was video editing and, uh, all kinds of other editing. And I was able to note that like a lot of audio editing was done on it where like they took, the audio from the scene and it kind of fell off. It fell off. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like it was done at the same time as the video and it just fell off. Gotcha. Gotcha. Makes sense. I mean, it makes sense, especially the time frame when it first came out being the nineties and how difficult it was, especially with their, um, with their costumes, especially when they made their move, their mouth move a lot and stuff like that. So they had to kind of time it correctly. So at some point, you kind of, kind of got the feeling like we were talking about earlier, you know, the whole Kung Fu, you know, the old Japanese movies when they want to give it the, the hum, the, the English accents and the words, obviously in the mouth movement isn't on point like it's supposed to. So I think that was one thing that you kind of noticed a lot. Uh, director RJ, what do you think? I actually agree with Alex. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
from what we see now, uh, as you know, as today's turtles and all that, we're so used to the CGI and how they're able to like move their mouth and able to talk better. Um, mm-hmm. Even the action um, today's uh, movies are a little bit more impactful, you know. Yeah. But to me, I feel like even with that, uh, yeah, he was right about it being cheesy too, like a little corny. Um, I do give it one thing though. The I feel like the fighting in this movie were at least a bit better than they were with the old, the brand new one that came out. Yeah, I, I can give you that. I can give you that compared to part two. You're talking about. Yeah, like part two compared to like today's turtles. Uh-huh. I feel like part two had a uh, better fighting style. Okay. And probably because they weren't CGI, like you were able to tell. Probably because when you're doing CGI, it's hard to tell, you know, which way to turn, who's hitting you, and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. I can see you. I can see you on that point. So moving on. Uh, now. Where, as far as this part two is concerned, where do you rank the film? Uh, and all, the whole TMNT franchise, as far as all the films and movies that's come out thus far, even the TMNT animated movie that did come out and was released in the movie theater. So I'm going to add that into it as well, because if I'm not mistaken, it was somewhat like a, a forkel or whatever it was compared to anything. So where do you think you would rank this one, uh, Alex? I'll start with you. Um, Honestly, for me... Uh... Let's see, uh, what are we talking about? Five movies in the category, right? I would say so. Yeah, one, two, and three of the old ones. What is it? TMNT, one, two, three. Animated. So, yeah, actually, six movies. Yeah, six movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would honestly put it at, like, I would put it at, like, number four for me. Okay. Yeah. Number, well, actually, no, you know what? No, three, three. I'll just bump it up a little bit higher. Three. Three? Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. There you go. The good rank. Good rank so far. Top three. Hmm, not bad. Not bad of the TMT franchise. What about what about you, director RJ? Where would you rank this bad boy? Yeah. I don't know why, but me and Alex are like agreeing today. What's going on now? Yeah, I agree. Uh, number three seems like the perfect number for me because uh, the animated movie stands out so much compared to all the movies, so that would be number one for me. So yeah, this would have to be like top three, number three on the list. Number three on the list. Hmm. Okay, I'll give it to you guys. Funny. Uh, I think I would actually rank this uh, for me. To be honest, I would rank it number two, which is weird. Hmm. I'd actually put it at number two, and I think only because I would put I would put the original first. Because I, I, I think of all the ones, that's my, my favorite one. And I would put this one at number two just because of, I don't know, just because I think it was better than, in my opinion, better than part two of the new one, of the even the first one, of the first animated movie that came out, or the Michael Bay films, put it that way. Um, I would actually put it before them because I, I really have a lot of critiques on those two movies. So I think that's why for myself, I'll put it at number two. So. I'm going to give it, that's pretty nice, good places where it's at, so it's not bad, it's not bad for this film. Uh, now, going on with why in this film, why do you guys think that they didn't add Rocksteady and Bebop, instead they added Tolkien Razor, since uh, Director RJ, I'm going to start with you on this one because you mentioned that earlier, why, why do you think they didn't add? I feel like the direction that this movie was going, they didn't want to probably bring out uh, Bebop and Rocksteady. 
if I was to, uh, like, instead of what they did with Shredder, they would have kept him alive again. Uh-huh. Um, it would have been a smart idea to keep him alive and, like, you know, whoever the scientist is or he hires a new scientist that says, I can perfect what you have right there and create these guys instead. So I think part three would have been better to add Bebop or Rocksteady or probably even, like, a fourth part, you know? Like, as the movies progress in time, you would have added those two later on. Uh, hyping out the fan base. Gotcha. Very cool. Alex, same question. Why do you think uh, Rocksteady wasn't? Because I know back then they had the cartoons flowing out really well. So that's what I mean. The cart- Rocksteady and Bebop were definitely, you know, a, a big name when it came to the animated series. Uh, and they were actually a fan favorite. So why not add those two in the film when they've already had such good traction going on with the cartoons? Uh, me personally, what I think uh, happens a lot with back then with Hollywood uh, movies, they would try to create a lot of differences between the comic book and create try to create a uh, their own version of the story. Gotcha. So they try to do a little bit something different to create uh, their own take on the turtle storyline. It's like, for example, mm-hmm. um, Dragon Ball Evolution. Terrible movie. Facts. They freaking they butchered that freaking story. Facts. Like they they try to do something with that story, try to make it their own little American U.S. version, and yeah, they butchered <laughs> it. And they try to make their own version of the story, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I think that's like they were trying to. That's what I feel like they were trying to do their own little take on the turtles yeah no i agree i, I would agree with you on that one Alex. It, it definitely it, when you especially back then when you got those type of films like you like you just said it, it's they've they want to give it that big distance of uh of the actual what they kind of get it off of they want to make sure there's a big difference between what is what's popular and what was a big hit from the cartoon series and stuff like that compared to what they want to put on the main screen. Like they want to, they want to put stuff on the main screen to kind of give it an actual more realistic idea. So for them, it just, that you could definitely tell they just wanted to have a big gap of what was really, what was the aspect of it. And, uh, but I think it really dysfunctional and whatnot. I think I think Tolkien Razor were decent in there, but I would still rather have seen Rocksteady and Bebop. Even though even though it, you know, probably would have been a lot more funnier, I would probably say, just because Rocksteady and Bebop were able to kind of communicate a lot more instead of being more brutes and bruts and stuff like that and just doing the whole, you know, roaring type of thing like that. So I guess that's that's one main main issue on that one. Now Going, thinking about the film itself, uh, Alex, now watching it as from start to finish, even though if you would change some things about it, or if you would kind of, let's say, for instance, would you change the storyline itself, or would you change the the characters and stuff like that? So, changes-wise, how many changes would you actually make within the film? Would you kind of change the whole dynamic of it, or kind of keep it but tweak things and whatnot? Uh, I would tweak it to the point where it involved more of the fighting scenes involving their their weapons gotcha. making it darker how the first one was yeah and uh, 
and having Casey Jones is like he's a big key of the Turtles. It's like when you think Turtles, you think uh, Master Splinter, mm-hmm. April, and Casey Jones. Like they're they're as important as the Turtles are in the storyline. So just involve Casey Jones a little bit more into the story, bringing them back and. Him and Raphael had a, a really good dynamic in the first one. Very true. And Very true. I think that's what I would kind of like more push forward with just adding more of the fight scenes with the weapons and uh, like sprinkling uh, sprinkling a little Casey Jones in there. Doing <laughs> a little... Give a little one hit one one hit liners and stuff like that again with the turtles and whatnot like they did in the first one. I think especially the communication he had with Donatello when they were doing you know making making fun of each other with names and stuff like that, and they were going based off of the alphabet of the of the ABCs and stuff like that. So it was like you know that type of relationship he kind of had with the turtles. It brought him up a little bit. You got to see the fun side of him on each one actually. So yeah, I agree with you on that. Alex. I agree with you. Uh, Director RJ, what about you? Any changes you would make for the film? I would have completely revamped the oh, I'm not talking about the whole thing. I mean, I know you would have changed the movie and had to brand, make a whole new one, but I mean, for what it was, what little tweaks and stuff that you would be in there, man? Um, one, I would have changed that scientist instead of who he was in the film. I would have stuck with uh, Baxter Stockman. True. Okay. I see you. I see what you mean. And uh, in this movie, what I would have done is I would have unleashed those, like, small mechanical rats. Okay. And had them, um, like, go up all around town just wreaking havoc. Okay. And like Alex said, I would have brought back Casey, and he would have had a good dynamic with uh, Casey and Raphael and Donatello around those rats, like, taking them on and everything like that. True. Okay. So that, that's one. Um, another is bring back the original April. I would have had her in the film. Mm-hmm. And I would have cut Shredder out of the film. I think, uh, if anything, I would have focused more on Baxter Stockman. Okay. And turned uh, Baxter Stockman into that, like, fly that he turns into uh, later on. And have him face him off at the end of the movie. Have him mutate. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes sense. So that's what I would have done. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, that made sense as far as the film. I think you could take tweaks out. Uh... I guess myself, um, changes-wise, I mean, to be honest, I would, uh, well, your points are, I agree. I think definitely, definitely the one thing all of us may comment here is Casey. I think Casey Jones' addition to the film was needed. Uh, I think it's a really key point to the Turtles itself. Me, I think you could have, you could have, uh, I agree with you with the whole changing of the scientist. The scientist guy, I think you would have had him be more of a uh, of a focal point of being the antagonist in this one, um, trying to figure out what's going on with the ooze, of course, and stuff like that. I think you could have still kept Shredder in there because, honestly, at that point, your mindset would be like, if there ain't no, if there ain't no Shredder, there's no turtles type of thing. You know what I mean? Or there's no turtles without Shredder. So it's like vice versa. They kind of want to keep it in there. So I see why not have him more in the background, with kind of recuperating, and Stockman being his doctor basically, and trying to you know. Get him back up to life after he just got trashed. And, you know, I, I, it was kind of weird. He got crushed in the freaking dump truck. So I don't understand how he survived in the first place. So I think they, he probably could have used the ooze to help him get back, right? Get him mutated in that aspect of it. Give him a little bit hot, like a like a soldier serum type of thing like that. Um, 
I think uh, you could have the whole Rocksteady Bebop thing. I think you definitely would have had def- changed in that one for effects, and then have it like that a little bit, and have them be more of the fight the fighters and stuff like that going against the turtles like they did in the Michael Bay Part Two film. So I think it would have been it. But uh, other than that, I think otherwise the movie was okay. If we really think about it, back in the 1990 time frame, 1991. I'm sorry. Uh, it was good. It was good for what it was then. Now that we've seen it a couple of times and watched it, definitely we can kind of say, you know, there could be some changes. But otherwise, it's joyful. I think Alex, you can agree that's the one film you would like to be watch. You can watch with your kids. Almost oh, definitely. Yeah, it's kid friendly. It's uh, that I feel like that's what their target was for this second movie. Yeah. Um. Compared to the first one, the first one was uh, a little bit more extreme than this one felt a lot mm-hmm. toned down. Definitely. You can kind of see that from the very, in the beginning when they're fighting in the uh, the toy store. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're fighting a toy store. And you have Michelangelo pulling the guy over and kind of doing the whole like fake thing and stuff like that as they're watching. And he's grabbing the cold cuts and he starts swinging like nunchucks. But then you had Donatello. You know, pretending to be the little bouncer, little bouncer, little clown guy, replacing him and kind of moving around a little bit and kind of tickling around and scaring the guys. So things like that, it, you can already from the beginning, you kind of had felt that okay, this is more of uh, this is more of their funny side of the turtles. They're, this is where they're really going to be more comedians in this one and kind of play it out throughout the film and add a little splash of action. They that thing that was their, their main focus. So yeah, I agree with you on that one. Uh, Director RJ, any last any last things? I know there's some fun facts you kind of want to put on here, and you wanted to share with the world. So, what's what's your fun facts, my man? Okay, so you were asking about the facts of like, did we know these things, right? Of course. So, um, my question to you guys would be: Did you guys did you know that uh, Shredder wasn't supposed to return in the first in the second movie? Originally, Shredder wasn't supposed to come back. The turtles have a huge selection of villains and. Apparently, it looks like the creator of the Turtles wanted them to bring in a different villain. So, they, uh, what the creator was thinking of is he wanted Bastard Stockman to play the villain in the sequel. But producers were like, no, bring back Shredder. So, they had to find a way to bring him back to life. Which makes sense. But, you know, with, with the film industries, they want it, they want it their way. Hmm. I guess. What about you? You know that? Second part of this... Uh, did you know that the secret of the ooze has a deeper meaning? Yeah, actually it does. If anybody was like to say, no, John, I didn't know that it had a secret of the meaning. Like, you're making this comment, man. You start with the you start with the thing and you finish with the thing, man. Don't ask me a question like that, like, oh well, no, I did not know. Like that's not I'm not into that school stuff, man. <laughs> okay, so apparently the ooze in the movie for the turtles was supposed to actually be produced by an alien race known as the Utron race. Who them? And the idea was that the sequel. Let me see who the Utron are. Yeah, They're hold like, on. Before uh, we go, as you know them, you know who they are. The Utron. The hell's Utron? Is that the the, uh, the T Rexes? Is that what you're talking about? The Utron races. Hold on, John. Let me see. Utron race in TMNT. Let's see. Oh, they're like these robot-looking guys. <sighs> The Utron. Oh, they are. Oh, oh. The, there was a, in the in the animated series that you're talking about. The ones that deal with um, what's his face? The the alien in the stomach of the robot. Damn, I forgot his name. 
Krangs. The Krangs, man. Krangs. The there you go. So apparently the the sequel was supposed to set up the Utron, the Triceraton, and the Fugitoid uh, story for the third film. Oh. So you're going to have like three different races going, like three different alien races going at it with the turtles in the third one. Ah, kind of like they did but, in the cartoon. Uh, but again, uh, they scrapped it. It was a scrap. Would have been interesting to have it yeah. in there. I think let's put it this way: if they would have added it to it, would have been would have it have been good, especially being the 1990s standard. You know what I mean? Like would with the graphics of what they did already would have made would have been nice to put on there, or would have been okay to actually say scrap that mug. I don't know. Do you think Alex? Do you think they would have came out with that okay? Uh, I think it would have been a little difficult for that time. A little funky looking. <laughs> I would say funky looking. I would definitely say funky looking because their graphics weren't all that great back then, and especially if they were using more of like um, the costumes like they did with the turtles. I think for a fact, it just would have. I don't. I don't know. There would have been somebody would have missing ear or something like that. Someone would have been off, and it just wouldn't have looked as good as it should. I think that's why I'm glad they kind of. I would actually say I'm glad they kind of scrapped that plan. So you can continue with the uh, Dark RJ if you had more. Okay, so there's another one. Uh, parents complain about coming uh, down the movie, so they were so mad that the first movie was super dark that they wanted them to tone down so much on the film, like. For experience, uh, the brutal fights were toned down. Um, things involving teenagers' delinquency, like them stealing stuff like that, like they did in the first one, was toned down. Wow. Um, they barely allowed. So the parents are the reason why we get didn't get the weapons in the in the movie in the sequel. Wow. So that, there's your answer to your question, man. You being a parent and with too. yeah, would you being yeah. a parent? Let's put it this way. That's a good question right now. Would you with, with you being a parent? Is that an issue with you? Especially would it be the first one compared to the second one? Like, is that the reason why you know that would be a main issue when it comes to the weapons aspect of it? Me personally, honestly, no. Because when it comes to movies and everything, you gotta educate your children to make them understand that it's a movie. It's not real life. What happens in those things are fake it's not real and if you do that in the real life there's consequences Tough. there's consequences you gotta educate your children in that department and if you don't educate them then the movies are gonna educate them for you mm-hmm. and that's the thing that's where these kids that do end up doing things like that they don't have that parent teaching them that no this is not what you do. This is not right. This is fake. It's not real. And it's improper. And I honestly, me personally, I wouldn't have a problem with that. It's just all about educating your kid on making them understand that this is just a movie. Mm-hmm. It's not real. Pretend. Mm-hmm. That's it. Agreed. I think me also being a parent in that aspect of it with four little ones, it's like, I mean, yeah, the kids, as a kid, you're going to want to, when you see the movie, especially like us, when we saw it, we wanted to do moves like them. Like, we were kind of hyped when that first, when they when you see stuff like that, and we're like, we're trying to pretend like, oh, yeah, we're them, or we're like, hey, hey, like playing with each other and stuff or whatever. But when it comes to the weapons aspect, honestly, 
what fuck? I mean, what? Sorry, excuse my language, but what? What freaking kid at that age in the regular household like we had had freaking nunchucks? I mean, you would have probably created your own, but they would have been like maybe a, a, a oh, that maybe a hairbrush. You could have used a hairbrush and kind of swung around a little bit. But honestly, you would have had accidents and hit poking your own eye than you were hurting somebody. Uh, a sword. What family would have a, a sword laying around their house? What family? Uh, okay, okay, the stick. You would have maybe a stick, and you, we would could have used the broom at that point and started whacking people. But even at then, if we would have used the broom, knowing our parents, they would have said, "If you're using a broom, use it for cleaning the house. Don't be using it to play around or anything like that." So then we would got in trouble for that. Uh, was it the the forks? You would have probably grabbed out like your little actual fork and try to pretend it was them. Uh, so it's it. It what makes no sense to why they would be tripping over that back then, and for John, for you to sh- director RJ, for you to share that, it kind of makes so much sense to why it was such a dynamic difference from the very first one that came out the year before to what came out in part two. You, it was a big dramatic color change, like it was when it came, when you saw the Whedon cut of Justice League and when you saw the Snyder cut of Justice League. A big dynamic change to the theme of the movie, and it just—I guess—in some shape or form, it, it it really affected it. But I still found part two to be funny, so I guess that answers your question about the weapons, though. Okay, director RJ, thank you for that one. What else, man? Okay, due to parents, did you know that the parents also are the reason why Casey was removed from the sequel? Son of a. Yes, apparently parents said that Casey was a terrible role model for kids what? using everyday sports equipment to beat thugs to a pulp. <laughs> he also complained that his hockey mask scared their children. What? What? So when, Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So when Casey returned in the third movie, which he did, they severely turned, toned him down to the point where he nearly didn't wear his hockey mask in the third film at all. <laughs> I was watching the third one. It makes sense. Alex, hockey mask. Now, do you have something you got a comment to say about that one? Really? Like, I don't know. It's just seriously in uh <laughs> in the time frame when there is Halloween and Freddy Krueger around. There you go. You're really gonna be tripping about a hockey mask. I well, I, then again, I could kind of see what they're kind of talking about because of the whole Friday the Thirteenth. I kind of see it in that aspect, but come on, let's be serious. This is fucking children's movie. Whoops. What's <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Look, bad it, it, it's your, it's your, it's the feeling in you. It's the irritation of you as being a fan of it. So it's like honestly, like really, like why interfere? It, you mentioned Jason. Honestly, if Jason's such a freaking fan favorite, he wears a freaking hockey mask. How is that possible for you to be? Uh, so like iconic standardized in that aspect, and then all of a sudden be mad because this guy over here is fighting crime and protecting the city and in, in the comic book standard, but yet it's a bad idea for him to put on a hockey mask and it's a bad idea for him to use oh an everyday weapon to protect himself. Which in our cases, I you got a bat to use at home, Alex? Protect your family. Thank you. Jack director RJ, you got you got like a, a, a soccer ball to kick somebody in the face? Mm, only when I'm playing soccer, <laughs> but no. 
<laughs> but I mean, it, it makes sense. Better, better ask him this. Do you have a controller, a remote controller to throw at somebody? Well, yeah. I actually have a remote control too. <laughs> but John, director, Johnny's like, uh, but I don't know if I really want to throw that controller right now. That's the only one I just bought. Like, I'm down to one left. Hold on, man. <laughs> but it makes it's it's a no, weird honestly. aspect of it. You got in, in take on that, director RJ? You can chime in on this. Well, it's not apparent, but I agree with what you guys have said. I find it very uh, like I, I believe the parents were just trying to find anything to nitpick at the time, kind of like how we're doing nowadays. Mm-hmm. So it's weird that, you know, that cancel culture stuff has been going on since way back in the 90s and 80s and so forth. True. So we're always going to have those parents who come out and complain about um, several things that really make no sense to complain about because they're not really, you know, you don't know how long their fandom has been with these movies. And now when you go watch them, they're like, oh, you know, we don't want this to happen or that to happen. And so you ruin something that people love yeah. because of it. Facts. Like if they were really fans, is like if they honestly were really fans. If you pay attention to the comic book, that comic book start. Mm-hmm. And what do you expect? If you True. wanted to live up to comic, or I understand the cartoon show, like cartoon show is way watered down compared to the comic. But um, come on, like you should understand. If you're really a fan, you would understand what you're getting yourself into. True. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I agree. Agreed. Especially even the video games were like a little hardcore to play with. Well, and the Nintendo ones were, you know, fairly decent. But I think once afterwards, back in later on, yeah, it got a little bit more mobile when you got to be able to do like the plant, the uh, doing the story mode and stuff like that. So yeah, I agree. But I mean, it's it's honestly ridiculous. I think one the the one note I think afterwards, John Darth J that you would read is the Tokar Razor thing. We've already kind of established that. You know, with them particularly being in there, uh, it was more of a... They were the original, actually, characters in the comic books. So they, that's the reason why Tokan Razor was put in the film instead of Rocksteady and Bebop. Rocksteady and Bebop were more... Was created specifically for the animated series. And more or less, it, they were in the comic books, but because of the fact that they were April O'Neil's pets. They are actual Snapping Turtle their actual freaking dog and all of a sudden they just pretty much got mutated by the cranes and that's how we got Tokon Razor. So it's I guess that's the reason why they're added into the film. So Director RJ, does that make sense of why they're in there? And that aspect yeah, I, I believe so. Because they pretty much with the parents toning them down and everything, mm-hmm. it makes sense that they would like add something more uh child friendly than they would have with Beep Up and Rocksteady. Because they would have been farting and stuff like that they did in the Michael Bay film. <laughs> so, yeah. That makes sense. Well, I guess that pretty much concludes our show. Director RJ, anything else before we leave? Yeah, Alex. Uh, I can't believe you're out so long today just to uh, do the show. So, thank you. I appreciate that, man. Not Nothing same. but respect. You know, boom, boom, yeah, boom respect. I don't know if you guys noticed this in the... In the movie, what I don't know. It kind of looked a little suspicious to me. You know when they were uh, in the TGRI, uh, what was it called lab? Uh huh. Didn't that look like a crane? Which one? That little pyramid thing, it, glass container. You got me. Hold up, man. You got me jacked up, man. Hold up. You got me messed up. I did not. It looked like 
It kind of looked like a crane. Inside the thing? Yeah. Oh. But, I don't know if that that was or uh, they don't mention anything about it, but it kind of looked like a, a crane. Oh, Charlie. You actually might be right. You actually might be right. I have to look at it. I have to relook at that. We got to relook at that. So, fans, you guys look at that. We watched part two of the film, which we recommend definitely watching. When it comes to them going into the laboratory and they try to get the ooze for themselves because it's the last container or even at that destroying the rest of it and make sure it is, uh, that's what happens I get inside the building. Look at that and see what you guys recommend. I'm going to look at it, Alex, and kind of see for sure because now I got, I'm playing the movie right now. I'm going to see for a fact. Anything else, Director RJ? No, other than that, I pretty much still remember the moment where he did the Go Ninja and Go Ninja Go Dan. Oh, yeah. Uh, Can't forget MC Hammer. No, wait, no. Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice. They're the same guy. They're the same guy. No, they're not. MC Hammer. No, they're not. never stole anything. <laughs> Whatever you know, there's it. I don't know. Like one's black, one's white. They're pretty much the same. They did the same moves. You know what I mean? They had the flare out pants and stuff like that. So yeah, it's all good. It's all good. But I got you. That's all, Director RJ. No, that's all I can think of. Um, I mean, Kevin Ash was in the film as Super Shredder. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah. facts. That is facts. That's right. Did not yeah, realize. I know about that, did you? No. Yeah, I didn't know that. I remember hearing about that. I didn't know that until afterwards. When you, when I was like a little older and I was able to Google it and like who it was. Oh, yeah. You're right, Alex. I'm, I just fast forwarded to the film. So if you look here, if you look inside that pyramid right there, you see that, Director RJ? Mm, yeah, I see it. Kind of looks like him. Wow. Yeah, that is something. Oh, so maybe they were trying to do a subliminal message there. Good catch, Alex. Good catch. I was like, man, is that a crane? I don't know. Oh, it's a good catch. It looks it looks just like one. Just lay, like laying there. Like as if that's the reason why they're testing them. You know what I mean? Like they're testing them and pulling out the ooze and stuff like that from them. Wow. That's a good setup. Very good setup. Well, okay. Well, as far as I'm concerned, Alex, thank you for joining the show. Uh, as far as your day goes, I know you had a long day, so I'm gonna have you know want to get you guys get you out of here so that we can get some rest, get some sleep. It being Sunday tomorrow, I'm sure you'll be able to sleep in a little bit and kind of you know relax a little bit if anything. If sunny tomorrow, what you talking about? Huh? It's gonna be raining. No, uh, sleep. Yeah, sleep in, man. That's what I'm saying. Sleep in, yeah, relax. It's gonna be sunny tomorrow. Huh? You said it was gonna be sunny tomorrow. I was like, what you talking about, Willis? Oh, uh, well, I hope it is. I don't know. You know me. I like to pray it does. I want sun. I don't want no rain. That's the thing. I want to be outside chilling and make some barbecues. You know what I'm talking about? So, yeah. But I uh, definitely appreciate you for joining yourself. Uh, Alex, what do you say? The final words before we end? What? Any final words before we end up? No, it was before awesome. Before we close you out, say goodbye to you. It was a nice little conversation. Uh, just for everybody listening, uh, stay safe. Enjoy uh, your family. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, hope to pop in some more. For facts, I think we definitely. Uh, you definitely will. Yeah, there's some Dragon Ball stuff that's coming up, and I I want to get your intake on too because normally Johnny's not really a a chit chatter about Dragon Ball Z too much. So I need I need somebody else to back me up on that. So I need you in there. <laughs> not just that, but we might do some uh, Superman reviews going back to like the original movie. So oh. I'm gonna chime in on that with us. 
Definitely. We surely would like to have a real Superman fan on the show. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, hell yes. Hell yes. Uh, anything to do with Superman and uh, Dragon Ball, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. All right. Most sounds good. Definitely. Cool. Yeah, we got to put that on All there. All right. We all know that uh, Superman. No, no. See, there you go. And, uh, there you Batman go. Sucks. There you go again. No, no. That is not <laughs> accurate. Stop telling fans fake lies. It's fake news, people. It's fake news. Don't believe anything. <laughs> it's not my fault that uh, Superman can incinerate Batman from no. miles away. No. Then you re- then you watch the movie, man. See, in Justice League, uh, the Snyder Cut, you saw that Batman. You know, created this little thing in his little bracelet as a as a reflective of his super ray lays, his ray eyes and stuff right. like that, his cyclop so, eyes. What you want to talk about? Because <laughs> I will demolish Batman on that movie. No, 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 man. That movie, that, that movie, Batman and Superman. It was like the big brother not trying to hurt the little brother <laughs> and not really doing anything to the little brother, and the little brother just. Taking all the low blows because he knows he can get away with it. (laughs) And the big brother's not trying to hurt the little brother because he knows if he smacks him, he's going to hurt his little brother. He's going to cry to mommy. Yeah, I I, I know it. I like how you you mentioned that and put that out there. That actually does make sense in how the theme of that that scene. It it kind of resembles that a lot of him not wanting to and stuff like that, and he was just taking advantage of it. So I, I agree with you. I, I actually agree with you on that one. I won't say anything on that one, but I agree. That whole that whole scene just feels like that aspect of it. Like, look, you're going to go cry to mom, man. Don't, don't, don't. I'm just not even going to bother with you. Just wait until I put a hand on you, though. Martha. <laughs> yeah, what is that? That's so stupid. <laughs> Martha. <laughs> That's mom's name, man. Leave us alone. We'll call mom. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> well, thank you again for joining us. Uh, that concludes this episode, you guys. So definitely remember to reach out. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. We are still we are still rising on Instagram at the moment right now. Things are turning up real good, so pay attention on there. Uh, we're going to tune in and watch WrestleMania again for part two tomorrow. So be ready for episode of that uh, coming up tomorrow. So y'all take it easy, fans. And uh, peace out.